Welcome to False Flag Weekly News. This is a special 2023 New Year's edition with Dr. E. Michael Jones of Culture Wars. Hey, welcome, Mike. How are you doing? Thank you, Kevin. Good to be here. Okay. It's like a roundtable discussion because you're at the table. I see the side of you and I you know, I wish I could see you know, all these other brilliant intellectuals around the rest of the table. Right. I guess we have to go to a round for that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Well, where should we start here? I guess we can start with our, our usual uh, slideshow thingy. So here's our slideshow. And here we are, uh, False Flag Weekly News, going from 2022 to 2023. And since historical context is always important, as uh, as you are famous for uh, quite often talking about, Mike, how about last year at this time? We were going from 2021 to 2022, and little did we know it would be the year going from the virus to the Russians. But, you know, uh, what will it be this year, the uh, alien invasion? I don't know. It seems that everything, there's that Latin saying, motus in fine velocior, things speed up toward the end. So we, we don't really get breaks from crises anymore. It's just like one thing after another. You know, the the uh, COVID thing obliterated. There was a huge crisis before that, the Internet crisis. Uh, and then that obliterated that. And now we're back uh, with uh, a war in the Ukraine. Who knows what's going to happen? But I, I, I'll, I'll make a prediction. The war in the Ukraine is going to end and the Russians are going to win it. Uh, and whether that leads to American troops on the ground in World War Three and nuclear war is something I can't predict at this point. Okay, the Russians in 2023. Uh, you've you called it, Mike. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Um, we have to get moving through our slideshow here. So what's what's next? It looks like uh, here. Oh, here we are with the PSAs. Before we get into the nitty gritty of everything that happened this year and everything that's going to happen next year, first uh, <laughs> let's know that you can support this show, keep it going for another year by going to truthjihad.com, which takes you to a mysterious Icelandic site. And you find the False Flag Weekly News link there. You click on that, and uh, it will take you to this page where you will see number one, story number one out of our 30 stories is always the fundraiser link. And we really appreciate people kicking in there and keeping us going. So let's get going with the conspiracy facts of 2022. Um, first, uh, one major conspiracy fact that we've all known for a couple of decades now was that 9-11 was a false flag. Dr. David Ray Griffin just passed away uh, a month ago or so. I'm hoping to actually go out to a gathering uh, in his memory at Claremont College uh, coming up in a couple of months. Uh, so, uh, Mike, uh, your thoughts on the passing of David Ray Griffin and the fact that the 9-11 issue has never been resolved? No, he was a, a courageous figure at that point in time. And uh, uh, what what we're seeing here is the the conventional narrative being attacked uh, across the board. So 9-11 uh, was part of that. Uh, people stopped talking about that. And then suddenly you had uh, Tucker Carlson talking about the Kennedy assassination. And then uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, announced that this was the most important piece of journalism in the past uh, 60 years, and that it was uh, the murder of his uncle was a coup d'etat, and the United States has never recovered from this coup d'etat. I, I, I think that's starting to, to make sense. What, what we're starting to see is a, a linkage between all of these events that uh, makes more sense than the conventional narrative that we're told uh, that is supposed to explain them away. 
I agree completely. Uh, the conspiracy theorists are obviously being proven right. Uh, and of course, that and five bucks or so will get me a cup of coffee these days. So <laughs> moving on to more conspiracy facts this year. Uh, this was an interesting piece by Tom Gilson at stream.org. It's a Christian site. And he goes through a bunch of these conspiracy theories that now you know, an awful lot of people basically accept are probably true, or at least partly true. The election fraud issue with the film 2000 Mules, the fact that the FBI is corrupt. I mean, we've known that for years. They tried to get Martin Luther King to kill himself. J. Edgar Hoover was blackmailed by Meyer Lansky. Uh, the whitey bulger mob in Boston was helping the, the mafia murder people. You know, the FBI is complicit in the 9-11 cover-up, the JFK cover-up, and so on and so forth. And now we have the Twitter files, and people are noticing, oh, the FBI is corrupt. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the COVID origins issue. This article points at the Wuhan lab. I think it actually goes a little deeper than that. And then, of course, they mentioned JFK. So, and this is kind of a mainstream conservative publication, as far as I can tell, admitting that the conspiracy theorists are right and getting some of that right. So, yeah, I think I think, I think you're right, Mike. I think this is the uh, the decade of the conspiracy theory. Well, it's proposing a more plausible narrative because suddenly the, the links start start to make sense in a way that the isolated events do not make sense. So conspiracy theory was created by, it came into being after the Kennedy assassination as a way of distracting people. The CIA invented it. And now you've got all of these organizations like Twitter. It turns out that uh, Twitter was... Now, Twitter, the Matt Taibbi revelations uh, recently that the FBI was involved in Twitter and they brought up the name of Yoel Roth. Now, uh, I'm I'm not I'm not so sure that uh, uh, they got the the cart before the horse before the cart here. Yoel Roth, uh, tw things changed dramatically at Twitter after Yoel Roth left. He was the guy who was the head of transparency and safety. Uh, he was the man who defended uh, child pornography. He was the man who mainstreamed pornography on Twitter, where you never knew when it was going to show up. And he was also in charge of hate speech. Now, do we need the FBI as part of this uh, explanation? Do we need this hypothesis, as Laplace would say to uh, uh, Napoleon? Or is Taibbi involved in bringing in the FBI as a way of getting people like Yoel Roth off the hook. Th this is a thought that crossed my mind here. Yeah, well, it's. I think there's probably some truth to both that the people in Yoel Roth's position, who knows, he looks like the type that could be blackmailed himself, maybe, who would have connections to these people. The fact that they have these direct connections to uh, FBI, which is running interference for CIA and other alphabet agencies, and these guys are basically running social media, is kind of uh, disturbing. I, you know, and and it's you know Twitter we learned about now thanks to this uh, you know this, these revelations from Matt Taibbi, uh, but obviously the same thing is going on everywhere else as well. So our our whole internet now is subjected to this kind of censorship by a criminal deep state. Uh, is is that going to change this year, Mike? I don't know, but we we need to draw some conclusions here. So the main uh, thing protecting things like uh, Twitter, Facebook, all these other things is that they are private operations, and the First Amendment only guarantees you protection from the government uh, interference of free speech. Well, wait a minute. Didn't it just blow up here? Did, isn't the fact uh, that uh, Twitter, uh, uh, the FBI is a government organization, as far as I can tell, uh, if the FBI is telling 
Yoel Roth at Twitter what to do, then it's a government operation. And so therefore we should have First Amendment protection here. You can't have it both ways. That's exactly what's going on for too long now. You know, it's private when we want it to be, and and uh, it's uh, you don't have any protection. But we have the basically the power of government behind us because we're basically a government agency, and we have the power of monopoly, and we have the power of uh, all of these things combined. Well, it's one or the other. Someone is going to have to sort this out. If it's the FBI, then we should have the First Amendment protection, and it's a utility. It's not a private operation. It's some type of utility, and we shouldn't have the phone company listening in our conversations and saying we're not allowed to talk that way, and I just discontinued your phone service. We're going <laughs> to have to clarify this. That's right. Yeah, back in the days when the manual operators would actually put you through on phone calls, they would never you know, admit that these operators would be listening to everybody and telling them what to say and cutting them off. They didn't like what they said. But, you know, it's, as Elon Musk uh, is, is as much as I admire some of the things he's done, I don't think that Twitter should belong to him. I don't think any of these things should. I mean, this is all the de facto public square and the First Amendment should apply to the whole thing. But, hey, uh, at least at this point, it was nice that Elon Musk used this immense wealth that he's built up and uh, is using it for some good by exposing a little bit of this uh, malfeasance. And it just keeps the stuff just keeps coming, just keeps coming, just keeps coming. And who knows what we'll learn in 2023 about how far this goes. Yeah, I, 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 I'm grateful for Elon Musk. First of all, he uh, uh, the two pillars of Jewish control are pornography and hate speech. And uh, he eliminated, Musk eliminated both of them from Twitter. I got reinstated. I got amnesty from Twitter. I'm applauding that. But the, you're right. The problem here is nobody should have this much power. Nobody it's, should have it, this isn't power. It's strange that you know, it, pornography is good and hate speech is bad. Uh, but that what they call hate speech is a lot of it is just passionate political speech, which is what the First Amendment is supposed to protect. And I don't believe the First Amendment was ever meant to protect pornography. So no. how, how did this change? Because the Jews took over. That's <laughs> the, 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 look, nobody is denying that hate speech is a creation of the ADL to silence criticism of Jews. I mean, that's obvious. OK, what we also now know is that pornography is a Jewish invention. It's always been Jewish from the beginning here, all the way at the, uh, uh, up till the present day, all the way up to Yoel Roth. I mean, before it was it's it's obvious. I've, I've been saying this for 20 years. Everybody says it now. These are the two pillars. And you're right. Pornography was never considered protected by the First Amendment. The only reason it is is because Jewish influence over our culture. And the only reason and this is precisely how they gain influence by determining what is acceptable speech and what is not. Well, I think there's even a book out there by a Jewish author that sort of proudly talks about Jews being behind uh, pornography. And uh, of course, you know, Jews didn't invent uh, the vice sector by any means, but they're definitely overrepresented and have even been known to brag about it. Anyway, uh, moving on from that hot topic to perhaps an even hotter one, uh, 2022 was the year that nuclear war uh, became a thing, as it were. And uh, I don't think that's a good thing. Um, you know, it's it's back to the duck and cover drills and stuff. Uh, the United Nations is telling us that it, you, nuclear war is likely again. 
And the mainstream media is telling us which parts of the United States are going to get blown up if there's a full-scale nuclear war. And, and New York is putting out a nuclear war PSA, telling New Yorkers to stick their heads under their desk and then between their legs and kiss it goodbye, as it were, uh, like the old hippie notice said. So, 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 Mike, um, what, what do you make of this comeback? You know, nuclear war, which was really hot when we were little, you know, in the early '60s, yeah. kind of, and, yeah. and then it kind of faded out. It became less trendy and, and hip. And now, hey, it's the thing. Um, and I, I don't I wish it weren't. So I obviously I mean, I was a teenager. I was in high school during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Long lines at the confessional back then. I remember that uh, specifically. Uh, and this is far worse than that, because uh, at that point, look, I trusted John F. Kennedy and Nikita Khrushchev a lot more than I trust anybody in the Biden administration. There's a sense of recklessness that is pervading uh, Washington at this point, uh, a, a sense of recklessness that seems to be uh, uh, heading toward nuclear war. I, I think the, the first step, uh, the preliminary step is going to be whether American ground troops are going to be placed in the Ukraine. I, obviously, there are troops there now. They're fire. They're the ones that are in charge of those HIMAR missiles, batteries. Uh, but if we're going to have a, a, a Vietnam-style uh, invasion uh, of American troops when Bakhmut fails, Bakhmut's going down. There's It's inexorable. The question is, what is going to happen at this point? And who's, go, who's in charge? Who's in charge at this moment? I don't know. I can't answer this question. I just have this sense of complete recklessness coming from Washington and the feeling that there are no adults in the room anymore. It sure seems that way. Well, in, in New York, it appears that the mayor, Eric Adams, is in charge. But if thermonuclear missiles start raining down on New York City, I mean, Manhattan is a pretty small, heavily populated place. And as the New York Times points out, you know, it's game over, baby. There's no no place to hide in New York. This whole thing is insane. But that's pretty much true everywhere else. So, yeah, it does seem like uh, there are no adults in the room. There are only neocons in the room maybe we shouldn't let them get away with 9-11 because who knows what they'll do after that and of course the reason that we have this nuclear war threat is the war on russia which is probably the biggest story of 2022 and unfortunately could get even bigger as you suggested in 2023 2022 mike as you know was the year that russia was always running out of weapons um from you know march uh putin running out of munitions all the way through uh, December 26th, the Russia is running out of missiles. There's like story after story after story that Russia is always running out of weapons, but they never quite run out. They must be keeping some in reserve and pulling some out of their whatevers. Uh, I don't know. So so this war, it's it's going on and on and on. I guess before we get to the pipeline story, let's just get your take on the larger issue, uh, Mike, of, of how and why this war took over as the big issue of 2022. Well, it's a war. Okay. That's, that is a big issue. Uh, but the other point is I have never uh, experienced such shameless propaganda, such shameless warmongering propaganda mm -hmm. as I've experienced now. And, and, and I have to say the English are even worse in this regard to, than the Americans. Shameless propaganda from the ghost of Kiev uh, uh, to to uh, 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 what, whatever whatever it is now, uh, the Russians are always don't, running out Don't forget out of the weapons. martyrs of Snake Island, the heroic yes, Snake the Island. Yes, the martyrs of Snake. Yeah. Uh, Putin is dying of some type of disease. He, he's, he keeps dying at the same time that Russians keep running out of uh, nuclear weapons. 
So basically, all you can say is that the they're they're saying the exact opposite. What they're saying is that NATO is running out of weapons. NATO has the supply chi chain issues, not the Russians. And Biden has it, the health pro health problems worse than Putin, probably. Maybe that's right. Falling down the stairs and soiling his pants. That doesn't sound like Putin. That sounds more like Biden. No, this is the type of stuff. So it's got to the point where all you do is reverse what you're reading in the paper and you realize that everything they're saying about Russia is true of uh, NATO at this point. And they even tried to blame Russia for bombing the Nord Stream pipeline. It, you know, every American leader has been screaming, this pipeline must not stand. This pipeline cannot happen. It must not happen. We will make sure it doesn't happen. And oh, it blows up. And uh, must be Putin that did it. <laughs> Yeah, you can believe that, can't you? This, this first of all, this guy Sikorsky is a, a complete lunatic. He, uh, first of all, he did uh, uh, everyone a big favor by spilling the beans here with this with this tweet. He's married to Anne Applebaum, which is one of those neoconservative ladies of the that, that persuasion. So he's firmly involved in the uh, American propaganda machine, urging the polls into a frenzy of Russophobia. When are the polls going to wake up to realize this is not in their interest? When are the polls going to wake up to the fact that if you're an ally, if you were the best ally, the most important, wealthiest ally of the United States in Europe, uh, the United States is going to attack you and blow up your pipeline, destroy your economy and expect you to go along with it. This, and some this of our viewers right now are paying high gas prices. Uh, thanks to this, the world's worst ever act of eco-terrorism, the worst single release of uh, global warming causing uh, substances into the atmosphere. But for some reason, the eco-freaks who dominate our mainstream media don't seem to care about that. Well, look look who's in, who's in charge in Germany. Who's the foreign minister? Annalena Baerbock, who is a green. How, yeah, yeah. Why, why, why do the greens love blowing up gas pipelines and creating the biggest release of greenhouse gases in history? I, I just saw a, a member of German parliament standing there with uh, across from Annalena Baerbock saying, why aren't you looking into who did this? It's now uh, months later and you're still not telling us who did this. Why why are you uh, unconcerned about all this methane? Instead of cow farts, you've got a huge amount of methane coming out of the pipe and no one's talking about it. This is a complete crisis in Germany right now. It's a nation of sleepwalkers who are walking toward their own extinction and they can't seem to wake up. It sure looks that way to me, too. I'm not sure how to explain it. Well, in terms of uh, predictions for 2023, I guess it's down to a sort of a neck and neck race between you, Mike, and Russia's uh, Medvedev uh, in terms of you know who's predicting a worse war in in 2023 but medvedev is saying that he thinks there'll be a war between germany and france next year hmm that's i don't know how that's going to happen and a civil war in the u.s that could lead to elon musk becoming president well elon musk becoming the chief twit was almost better than having him become president but i suppose the white house would be a logical next step for elon however i do think that medvedev may be smoking something when he's making these predictions i don't know what do you think i think it's crazy <laughs> I, I think this is absolutely crazy. I think that what's go I think that what's going to happen is that what either it's all or nothing now for NATO. Either they go and they completely conquer Russia and break it up and turn it into insignificant vassal states, or if they don't do that, NATO collapses. It's one or the other. This this is a precisely the type of apocalyptic alternatives that I think are circulating in Washington and is leading to this type of recklessness. 
this is something they should have abolished NATO in 1991. And now it's led to this war and it's going to be do or die. And I don't think uh, I don't think the will is there to support NATO. If you look beyond Frau Baerbock, you see all kinds of demonstrations in Germany about uh, make peace with Russia, uh, get out of NATO. If you look at Twitter, there are all kinds of hashtags. One of them is hashtag Ami go home. Uh, another hashtag uh, Morgenthau plan. Princess Gloria from Torn und Taxis uh, is saying that the Greens are now fulfilling the Morgenthau plan, which is Henry Morgenthau, the Secretary of State under Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who tried to starve the Germans to death. This is circulating now. At a certain point, it's going to catch on uh, because NATO can't sustain this. They can't. They can't attack their main ally and then determine de demand suicidal allegiance to an agenda that's going to destroy the country. I mean, is anybody that stupid? Not even Germans are that stupid. Well, and you have to ask yourself, how did it reach this point? As you said, if NATO had been dissolved and Russia had been sort of brought in as an equal partner after the Cold War, we wouldn't be in this position. But now we're in this crazy position where either side is, you know, afraid to back down. It's a game of chicken and whoever loses, loses everything. The Russians can't afford to lose that. And they've got all those nuclear weapons to make sure that they won't lose because if they lose, that's the end of Russia. Russia ends up looted and broken up and destroyed. But again, if the U.S. loses, then there goes our empire. So I guess in this game of chicken, frankly, I would think the Americans would swerve first because losing your empire isn't quite the same as losing your country. That is, you know, the, Russia would be just utterly annihilated as a country if it loses. And that would not happen if the U.S. lost its empire in Europe and ended up having to become a normal country. So in that sense, it seems to, it would make more sense if the U.S. loses um, well, and any more on the, on the war issue, Mike, or should we move on to the yeah, backstory? There, there, there will be a big cheer. If NATO collapses, you will hear the cheer all the way over here from all of the oppressed people of Europe who have been vassal states to this empire to the point where it, it doesn't make any sense anymore. So obviously the determination of the Russians serve, pr protecting their own country is going to outweigh the determination of anybody in NATO because the Germans or the Europeans see this as obviously not in their interest. Why would they why should they continue it? That's how it looks to me, too. So that's I think the bottom line reason that your prediction that Russia is going to win this thing is true is that they have more skin in the game. Ultimately, they have all their skin in the game. And the U.S. has only half its skin because we're the empire aspect of us is only half of what we are. We're also a, a republic and we can keep that and still lose this war. Well, moving on to the vaccine issue. Is this a vax failure or is the vax catastrophe? Depends who you read. Uh, some people think that huge numbers of people are keeling over and dying from this vaccine. And others think it's only modest, <laughs> relatively modest numbers. But anyway, you look at it, it doesn't look too good. And this is the year 2022 when we learned that, yeah, it's been confirmed now that uh, these excess deaths among working age people are 30 or up to 40 percent higher 
than they should be. And this is uh, catastrophic. It's unprecedented. What's responsible for it and the mainstream explanations other than the vaccine have been highly uh, improbable, unrealistic, and so on. So there's every reason to think that the vaccines are contributing to this. However, remember, very few people die between 18 and 64. So a 30, 40% increase isn't really that huge a number of deaths. Still, uh, it's not good. Yeah, well, uh, it's called sudden adult, adult, uh, sudden adult death syndrome. Uh, which is perfectly plausible. A 25-year-old soccer player in the at the peak of his career, the best health he's been in his entire life, great shape. He just keels over of a heart attack on the uh, in the middle of the game. How long are we going to suppress this uh, this reality? It's akin to uh, the Germans suppressing who blew up their pipeline. How long can this uh, can you hold this wood underwater before it pops up again? This is the big question, and the question is: uh, Are the re- Republicans going to do anything when they uh, take office or they don't want this political opportunity. They don't want this uh, capitalize on something's being handed to them on a silver platter. When is someone going to step up to the plate here and hold uh, Borla or Gates or any of these people responsible for what they've done? And this story that we're looking at now came out on January 1st, 2022. And at that time last year, we might have hoped that it wasn't true, that information would come out uh, allowing us to understand that, no, this wasn't the case. And that's the case, for example, with this DMED or what the defense medical scandal, which turned out to be uh, definitely not what it appeared. Uh, but this one hasn't gone away. This one has been confirmed. It's now clear that uh, from uh, multiple independent confirmations and multiple life insurance companies who are paid to be very, very careful with their actuarial tables. Yes, it's unquestionable now that these working age deaths have gone up. So that's a, that's a huge story of 2022. It's been confirmed. Once again, the conspiracy theorists were right, at least on that one. And uh, we're also right in a sense that the Omicron variant came along and 2022 became a totally different kind of scamdemic year than the previous years. Suddenly, nobody really bothered to get jabbed anymore. The uh, masks generally came off. All of the distancing and the lockdowns tended to end. Even in China, they finally ended the lockdowns. And some would say that this was all thanks to Omicron. But it turns out now that Omicron, uh, let's go to where's the this. We'll, we'll jump back to these other stories in a second. But now uh, in this Omicron era, it seems that the vaccinated people are actually getting COVID way more than the unvaxxed people. And the more vaxxed you are, the more you get COVID. So this Wall Street Journal story from uh, last January about Omicron making the vaccines obsolete uh, by Luc Montagnier, uh, along with this other writer, Rubenfeld, was, uh, yeah, uh, not just obsolete, but now it looks uh, worse than obsolete. Yeah, I, it just stopped. I don't know where what was situation in Wisconsin was, but I think that the uh, Indiana got to be about 48%, only reached about 48% vaccination. It it wasn't high here. Mm-hmm. Just, and there was a lot of local resistance. Some lady here uh, basically used uh, the vaccine uh, issue because the, the local health department is getting funding from the CDC and they became absolute dictators, absolute dictators, telling you when you could go to church, when you could not go to church. So a, a turning point. So the bishop here uh, of the local diocese went along with the whole thing at the beginning. And then the local 
head of the uh, health department in St. Joseph County said, uh, well, it looks as if we will not allow uh, mass, any mass at all. It was like the fall. Uh, what was it? What would that be? 19 into 20, 20 into 21. Anyway, no mass at all. No celebration of Easter. And at that point, the bishop just backed away and said, no, we're not going to do it after going along with it. So they overplayed their hand. They yeah. overplayed their hand with this woman. She's now uh, gotten political office because of the COVID, the momentum. It, it That's what it did. And basically, everyone just stopped doing it. I don't think there was any public announcement. Or if there was, it was kind of after the fact to announce that you no longer have to do what you already stopped doing. That right. that was a situation in Indiana. Yeah, it's it's been similar in Wisconsin. There's been a huge drop off. I think a majority of the population got the first shot, got down to maybe less than half, a little bit, or sort of maybe half-ish got the second, and then way less uh, after that. And as it turns out, that's probably a good thing because, uh, as we mentioned, we'll get to that uh, that uh, Alex Berenstain uh, wrote a story about how the uh, the more vaccines you get, the more likely you are to get COVID. Um, not to mention these other issues. Well, uh, 2022 was also the year that Jeffrey Sachs uh, turned into what Ron Unz called a righteous rogue elephant, uh, speaking out about the COVID origins issue, which he blamed on the American biological research, i.e. biowar sector. Uh, one step from following Ron Unz to saying, yeah, this was uh, Mike Pompeo and and those uh, neocons actually attacking uh, China and Iran. This was a, a bio attack uh, aimed at the economies of those two countries. Sachs almost went that far, not quite, of course. And then he also had some fairly honest words for, about Ukraine. So it was really interesting that this guy who was really one of the evil, you know, <laughs> evil 100 uh, neoliberal types who rule the world, whether the leaders of the looting of Russia in the 1990s, He's now apparently uh, making amends for his bad behavior back then. So, hey, 2022, the year that Jeffrey Sachs spoke out. Let's hope he speaks out even louder in 2023. Yeah, I've been told that uh, it was a Jesuit friend of mine that uh, talked Jeffrey Sachs in off the ledge. Uh, I know he's become uh, popular in Jesuit circles and he was appointed as on some type of uh, Vatican commission. But he seems to be sincere. Uh, he's not talking a whole lot about what happened with Boris Yeltsin in Russia. Uh, not, I don't see any public admission of guilt on that regard. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm glad he's doing what he's doing. Uh, where it's going, uh, who knows? What's he going to talk about next? Did you? Of course, see the, the mainstream won't tell us. The mainstream's pretty much erased him since he started telling the truth. That's right. That's that's what happens to you. So you, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. So we won't know. Okay, well, maybe we need some more uh, mainstreamers to tell the truth. And, and if, if there are enough of them, maybe they can't all be blacked out. Okay, so the Twitter COVID files, uh, it turns out, you know, we already talked a little bit about the Twitter censorship issue with alphabet agencies working with possibly brainwashed individual or rather uh, blackmailed individuals to censor Twitter and spin political issues. Well, they spun the COVID issue. Did they ever spin it? You, you know, and now a lot of these things that are taken for granted and are back on Twitter now uh, were totally illegal. Everybody was getting kicked off of Twitter for saying things that now, as we come into 2023, it turns out are true. What's with that? Well, the question is, uh, are, is there going to be recourse here? Uh, like I'm thinking of uh, what was it, Dr. McCullough, who was uh, basically demonized for saying what he's saying. Is there going to be any legal recourse? 
any type of uh, damage is being paid to people whose careers were destroyed, anything like that. That that seems to be the next step. We have to we have to bring these entities under the rule of law. We uh, if we don't do that, then they are the government, and we the, the other thing that calls itself the government is not a government at all. Government is the final court of appeals, and we have to unless we bring these people into account. Uh, some type of take legal account to what they're doing, they will continue to rule over us and they will continue to wreck our lives. So when are we going to start doing this? Where is it going to start? The, the legal system? Some it got to start somewhere. Yeah, and, and, and this wasn't the case where social media only censored the wild and crazy and extremely emotional kinds of people, the stuff that wasn't well-documented. They, they censored a lot of stuff that not only stuff that's turned out to be accurate, but a lot of stuff that anybody paying attention could see probably was accurate or at least reasonable as it was being posted. Alex Berenson is a former New York Times journalist who does pretty careful uh, data-driven work on COVID, and it's a little too careful for some people. But even he, not just even he, especially he, got purged from Twitter. And he ended up with a big lawsuit against Twitter and uh, discovered that these alphabet agency people were behind him getting kicked off of Twitter. They kept leaning on Twitter and saying, what are you going to do about Berenson? And, and Twitter kept saying, he's not violating our rules. And the alphabet agency people said, Oh, come on. It's he's he's gotta be doing something wrong. And so they they finally ginned something up and kicked him off and he sued them. And his lawsuit is doing pretty well. Last I heard, they did add a settlement and uh he learned he got a bunch of the files. And so even before Elon Musk released the Twitter files, Berenson had released some. Now Berenson's work, uh it it's constantly interesting. And this latest piece from just a few days ago, December 20th shows uh, uh, on two different studies now confirming what other studies have also been pointing at, which is that the more you get jabbed, the more likely you are to catch COVID. It's not supposed to work that way. How could it be working that way? Well, here's the graph. And, and the people publishing these articles are not happy with it. And they're saying things like, uh, well, this is we, we didn't expect this. It was it was highly, uh, highly unexpected. It's, uh, it's it, but it's not the only study to find this. So look at the graph. I mean, the the green the the line at the top is the three plus doses, and then below that is the three doses in the blue, and then the two doses in the green, the one dose in the red, and then zero doses are the people who are catching COVID the least. They're totally unvaxxed. Now, <laughs> is that how a vaccine is supposed to work, Mike? No, no, it's supposed to be the opposite. But uh, again, again, this was an, an attack on the republic, uh, and the republic is going to have to respond. It's going to have to respond. These people need have some type of redress. We have to have a course correction at this point. We have a situation where uh, uh, to change, uh, no, it's, it's the same thing. Amazon, can you sell a book on Amazon if you disagree with uh, whoever, whoever's pulling the strings behind the curtain? Well, Amazon controls 99% of book sales and books are the vehicle for ideas. Uh, even in this age, uh, you have to write a book because that's the only way you have enough space to take something seriously. You can't get an idea. You can't get something serious across in Twitter unless you wrote the book first and then you can condense it. This is now 99%. Uh, one, one company had 99% of the market. That's a monopoly. People should not have this much power. Uh, so Jeff Bezos is off celebrating life with his uh, the, his new cutie there. 
uh, with all the plastic surgery. Uh, when is when is Amazon going to be held according held to the rules that everyone else has to abide by? You think it's going to turn it's, out that the uh, the FBI and the CIA are the ones who are telling Amazon not to sell those World War II revision books? Or I don't is it the I ADL? don't know. I don't know. I think, ADL. I think it's the ADL, and I think that makes me suspicious of Taibbi's uh, argument because it looks as if he's trying to shift the blame away from people like Yoel Roth and the ADL to uh, the FBI. Not that the FBI is outside of this because you have Merrick Garland, who's head of the Justice Department. So that's anyway, that's why that's my feeling at this point. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Well, one of the good news stories was that Senator Ron Johnson got reelected and uh, I actually knocked on some doors for him, had some interesting conversations with folks. And I'm not a fan of some of his positions, but I thought that his work on the COVID issue was so good. Uh, and it also brings those of us who are paying attention together. And so I have something in common with my smarter neighbors here in Wisconsin that we noticed that Ron Johnson, with his uh, COVID hearings uh, and these public panel discussions that he's been hosting, has been getting this true but suppressed information to a much larger audience. And now he wants to investigate this issue in Congress. You think that 2023 will see any real congressional investigations of COVID? I hope so. I mean, what's 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 the alternative the alter this is simply political uh life and death struggle because what you're talking about here is who is the real government and the fact that uh, the cdc and all of that that bill gates uh, world health organization swept in and basically abrogated the entire political system and would still be doing it to this day if there weren't some type of pushback so it's in the self-interest, political self-interest of these politicians to start reasserting their authority by saying, no, no, we're the, we're the government. The people elect, nobody elected uh, uh, Jeff Bezos or any of these people to rule over you. We are the people that were have elected and we have a duty and we're going to carry out this duty. We're going to fulfill our duty to the electorate. They've got to do that. It's a political opportunity. You think they'd all be rushing to, to, uh, assert it. Uh, but that's part of the problem. Well, my only problem with, with Ron Johnson and some of the other people uh, who are pushing for a lot of COVID truth is that ultimately where that truth is going to lead is a U.S. attack on China and Iran. And these people tend to be China hawks, and they want to try to blame China for an attack on China that broke out of the very worst possible time and place for China and then jumped miraculously to Iran. So, I mean, that's just so stupid that it really makes you wonder about these people. But, uh, you know, getting to COVID truth by whatever means necessary is probably a good thing. And we also need some other truth, some Kennedy truth. There was a bunch of uh, Kennedy-related stuff in 2022. The first was, of course, as RFK Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci, became the world the nation's number one bestseller throughout the second half of 2021 and into early 2022 it's sold well over a million by now uh but when this happened back in early 2022 the new york times finally after the whole mainstream media had been ignoring the best-selling book in america did the bestseller for six months or something like that and they just kept ignoring it ignoring it finally they pushed back with this hit piece against uh bobby kennedy and uh, of course, it was it was disgusting and repugnant as as usual. Uh, but you know, the American people learned something from that book. I, I forget whether you know what the sales are now, but it's well past a million. And uh, it seems that Fauci has been kind of thrown under the bus, probably mostly thanks to Bobby Kennedy. Yeah, 
So it's time to haul them into uh, court now. That's right. Will twenty twenty-three be the year of hauling Fauci into court? Well, it's going to depend on the the Republicans, Uh, and the question is, uh, like, like just look at the uh, the the Ukraine war. Are the Republicans that that orgy? uh, uh, Phil Girology just wrote an article, and he he compared the uh, reception of Zelensky to that disgusting display for Benjamin Netanyahu when he shows up in front of Congress and he gets 25 standing ovations from the Congress, uh, the members of Congress. So, 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 so I, why, why does our Congress only give huge standing ovations to the world's most disgusting Jews? I don't know. I don't <laughs> I mean, there are lots of nice Jews in the world. You know, why, why the, you the, for them? the simple answer is that IPAC is sitting there taking notes. That's what happened with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. IPAC was there, and if you didn't jump up and cheer, they they were going to cut off your funding or whatever, or propose <laughs> a candidate uh, in, in charge of uh, the opposition. I'm pointing this out because where is the opposition? Where is the opposition to the war? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it no, they, I mean, they, 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 yeah, those, those those two guys just on a personal level, Netanyahu and Zelensky. I mean utterly repugnant you know the most corrupt disgusting human beings you could possibly imagine and the whole american congress is is leaping around like chimpanzees in the zoo yeah. screaming and yelling and cheering like <laughs> makes me ashamed to be an american yeah he didn't even wear a suit we spent we sent That's 40 right. <laughs> 40 billion dollars to the ukraine and the poor guy couldn't afford to buy a suit he dressed like a strip club owner That's right. and, and i was <laughs> the strip club then, owners protested that <laughs> was a brilliant article by kevin Oh, thank you. Yeah, the strip club was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you hardly have to exaggerate to write satire these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of writes itself. Okay. Well, getting back to the Kennedy stories of 2022, uh, the assassin, uh, the alleged assassin, in fact, in reality, the patsy who was falsely convicted of killing uh, the original Bobby Kennedy, uh, RFK Jr.'s father, Sirhan B. Sirhan, happened to be a Palestinian. Now, what kind of people would set up a Palestinian patsy? I can't imagine. Anyway, Sirhan Sirhan is still locked up because Gavin Newsom, who claimed that RFK was his political hero, uh, rejected the recommendation of parole and basically said, you're locked up till you rot. Now, of course, Sirhan Sirhan has no memory of any of the events of that night because he was hypnotized. But uh, and, you know, the evidence is so overwhelming on this case that he was hypnotized into randomly firing a bullet or two. And then the real killers did their job. He was grabbed and uh, everybody blamed the radical Muslim terrorist who hates the poor Jews. I, I can't imagine who would set up a patsy like that. No, no, it's it's obvious. It's obvious. This And the, the man who had the main motive here was uh, Lyndon Johnson to prevent any type of Bobby Kennedy was going to come back, uh, take over the government and use the government as a way of discovering who killed his brother. And at this point, uh, you had uh, Lyndon Johnson would be the uh, prime suspect. Uh, Nobody seems to have noticed the radical change in American foreign policy after John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And Lyndon Johnson became a total stooge of the uh, Israelis to the point of appointing uh, Matilda Krim as his mistress. Uh, Bill Clinton I, I didn't gave, know that was a cabinet cabinet post. Uh, no, Bill Clinton gave Matilda Krim the Freedom Medal, I think the highest medal for civilians. 
Uh, and damn it, she deserved it because she slept with Lyndon Johnson. You deserve a medal for well, sleeping with Lyndon Johnson. Wasn't he in Lyndon bed with Johnson. her when the USS Liberty incident? Yeah, happened? that's exactly that's exactly what happened. So he's in bed with her when the U.S. Liberty happens. The guys are flying uh, toward to save this the sailors on the Liberty, and uh, they're saying we're we're not going to turn back until we hear the commander in chief. And then lo and behold, Lyndon Johnson gets on the phone and tells them to turn back. And uh, allow the Israelis to kill all those Americans. I want that goddamn ship on the bottom. Yeah, yeah it's it's scandalous, absolutely scandalous. Uh, but the the story's coming out, and our story is more co coherent than their story. Yeah, and people can get some of the details of this in the work of Laurent Guyenot, the French author of From Yahweh to Zion, which I translated. All right, so this is the year of the collapsing cover-ups. Uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is speaking very forthrightly about the coup d'etat that killed his uncle John F. Kennedy in 1963 and that killed his father, uh, RFK Sr., in 1968. And uh, Ron Unz just wrote an article about the collapsing cover-ups talking about Tucker Carlson here doing the most uh, honest uh, mainstream TV piece on the JFK assassination in U.S. history, which then RFK Jr. Uh, called the most uh, courageous piece of journalism in the United States in the past 60 years. So that leads uh, people like Ron Unz to wonder whether these cover-ups could be collapsing. And of course, Ron wonders where the whether the COVID cover-up will collapse too. And we'll learn that Trump's neocon advisors uh, apparently attacked Wuhan and Qom with COVID, leading to the uh, scamdemic and all of the horrific uh, bio-war containment measures that were brought in after that. So I don't know. Uh, it, will, will Tucker and RFK Jr. and others uh, spearhead uh, a complete uh, torpedoing of the official story of the JFK assassination this year, I wouldn't bet too much money on it, but you never know. Well, if you're talking about uh, repudiation and uh, examination of looking into the files, it, it, something like that happened in East Germany. You had the, the Stasi who was basically paying 50% of the Germans there to spy on the other 50%. Those files only became available after the regime fell. So what we're saying here is that there was a new regime that was put in power with the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And that regime has stayed in power to this day. Well, if that if that unravels, that means we have to have some uh, how how is it how is the America going to process this? How how is America going to process something like a, a regime change? How are they going to deal with what happened here? in the past how how are we going to change the textbooks do we, do we go after individuals or institutions because the individuals that killed jfk are mostly dead but the institutions that killed them are still there the the cia and its infestation right. with mossad and the rest of the alphabet agencies which are also doing all these other horrible things censoring our social media and so on i i say that we it's not so much a question of trying to hang individuals we should just blow up and destroy these agencies like jfk said he wanted to rip up the cia into a billion pieces and there's a million pieces scatter it to the winds well that's that's been a long time overdue and maybe 2023 is the year that we should do that well, Tucker Carlson invited uh, Mike Pompeo to come on uh, to be interviewed on that show where he's talking about Robert Kennedy. And because uh, Pompeo was head of the CIA, he said, we lied, we cheated, we stole. So if you bring him on, uh, is he lying to you when he tells you he's telling the truth? Yeah, or right. is he, we lied, or we is, cheated, or... we stole, <laughs> we, uh, we, we launched the COVID pandemic. 
<laughs> right. Or yeah. is he is he telling the truth when he's lying to you? It's it's this is a paradox. That, he, uh, he's a Cretan in both senses. Of the that's word. right. The man from Crete who <laughs> brings me brings to mind the man from Crete who said all Cretans are liars. And you don't know whether he's telling the truth when he says that. Anyway, <laughs> this cue, cue, cue the Ramones Cretan hop. There's no stopping <laughs> the Cretans from hopping. OK, anyway, forget. <laughs> all right. Chris collapsing conspiracy cover-ups and here's a different perspective on it from edward Curtin. i love the work of edward Curtin. he's another you know dissident uh, humanities guy like us and uh he's, he's really good stuff does great work here he points out that tucker carlson comes from a pretty uh connected and, and dubious uh family right in the thick of the power elite richard carlson i guess his father was director of voice of america and then uh joined the fud foundation for the defense of democracies which is the successor organization to pnac which called for a new pearl harbor in september 2000 and got one one year later and is widely viewed as the intellectual author of the crimes of 9-11 so tucker carlson's dad uh you know is a highly dubious character uh tucker's whole upbringing he was apparently offered to join the cia so is is tucker carlson an honest uh actor here or does he have his limits as edward Curtin suggests well of course he's got his limits it's fox news so yeah, yeah of course he's got his limits but he's really pushing pushing those limits i i think we have to understand uh the role that elites play here you're going to have a culture without elites of course they're going to be elites out there and, and they're they're going to have children and they will be want to become elites as well uh, but uh, I, I did a review of Meyer's uh, recent book on the Morgenthau's, uh, Three Generations of Morgenthau's. And um, the the uh, elite in America at the cabinet, the Morgenthau uh, is trying to destroy, hates Germans, institutes the Morgenthau plan to starve the Germans to death and deindustrialize uh, Germany. And at this point, the elite started to pull back. I mean, we're talking about members of the cabinet, Cordell Hall, who initially was favorable, and then suddenly he backs off. Henry Stimson backs off. Hatton backs off. And they're all talking about the long arm of Semitic vengeance, how this is not American. I see the same thing with Tucker Carlson. He can't say the word Jew, okay, because that's he's not allowed to say that. Well, but he's he, he, can edgy, invite, edgy. he can have Ye on his show to say it. Right. And so that's to his credit. But that's the discussion we have to have. We have to have this discussion about Semitic vengeance, about the ADL having too much power. Uh, because and, and eventually, it's the elites or the children of the elites or however when you talk about it, they're going to have to come and assert their authority again. I'm saying that's what happened after World War II. Uh, it, they're not perfect, uh, but they understood their identity and they, 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 they called... Morgenthau and Morgenthau uh, became a persona non grata in the uh, press. He was ostracized for his Semitic vengeance and he disappeared. And that was that. Well, there are a bunch of uh, children of elites, uh, children of CIA agents, for example, like Peter Janney, uh, uh, who authored the book Mary's Mosaic about his CIA dad, uh, Wistar Janney, and the CIA murder of Mary Meyer, who was going to blow the whistle on the JFK killing. So that's there's a, there's a whole sort of club of these kids of CIA types 
there's of course E. Howard Hunt's uh, son as well has been on my radio show talking about his father playing a role in the JFK assassination. So there are these sons and daughters of the elite who are starting to look askance at what their parents' generation did. And hopefully Tucker will be one of them, uh, God willing, and push it even further in 2023. All right. How about the false flags past and present story uh, from 2022? Uh, in March, the Supreme Court reimposed the death sentence on Zokhar Sarnayev, the Boston bombing patsy. And I just find it mind boggling that given the clear photographic evidence showing that Zokar and his brother Tamerlan had backpacks far too small to hold the pressure cookers that the FBI said uh, were the bombs, and instead there were two operatives from Kraft International who had these huge backpacks with bulges, clearly the pressure cookers were in those backpacks. So Kraft International carried out that bombing, not the Sarnayev brothers. It's very clear. It's like it's like building seven level simplicity to see this. All you have to do is look at the pictures. And this is not just the conspiracy people that say this. There's some mainstream people that have noticed this as well. But we still have to kill this guy. Like, what's that about? Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> I, I, why don't they Silence review him, the, the evidence? I, I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on there. Yeah, well, to my mind, the Boston bombing is maybe the most obvious false flag of this series of post-9-11 false flags that I wrote about in We Are Not Charlie Hebdo and and uh, and uh, another French false flag. And speaking of another French false flag, that is the book that covers this particular attack that happened in November of 2015, just as I was flying out of Paris. I actually flew out of Paris just about an hour or two before the Stade de France, which was actually, I, I saw, I looked out the window of my air, uh, air train on the way to De Gaulle Airport, saw the Stade de France, noticed it as I was heading for the airport, got on the plane, flew to Chicago, and I get out in Chicago, and there on all the TV sets, it's screaming, huge terror attack in Paris. And, uh, you know, I had just flown through Paris for a, a couple of days. I was wondering if they were going to try to blame me for this. In any case, as it turns out, there's all sorts of evidence that this was another inside job by uh, national security types and that this guy they blamed uh salah abdeslam who actually was released did you you know mike that he after this this happened I mean, he'd been totally on the radar of all the security services and there's this attack where there's bombs here and shootings there and uh a nightclub slaughter yada 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 and this guy he drives flees paris or supposedly in his car he's leaving paris heading for belgium gets pulled over by the french security services and there he is smoking a joint like the right in front of them you know it's like the marijuana is right out there he's like partying it up with the other people in the car and uh the cops just check it check his id in, and his ID is basically come should be coming up like you know terrorist patsy terrorist patsy he's, he's been totally their number one terror patsy on, on their list forever and they just wave him on oh go on go on to Brussels and he drives to Brussels and stuff. so it's just one example of, of oh, there's just so much evidence that this was a setup like 9-11 like Charlie Hebdo like the Boston bombing like the London bombing like the Madrid bombing these were all carried out by essentially the same team trying to keep the so-called war on terror going keep the hatred of Muslims going to benefit guess who um your thoughts mike uh what's what is there going to be a false flag in ukraine yeah is that, is that the is that the next is that the next big project here yeah nu well, nuke goes well, off well, in ukraine and oh putin was so desperate he had to set off a nuke let's it's world war three time yeah that that's that's the big concern on my mind that uh or or, or are people too focused because this only happened when you're not focused on a particular place 
if you're focused, if world attention is focused on this particular place, do they dare do that uh, and expect people to believe it? Well, they tried to blame Putin for blowing up the Nord Stream, so they think they can get away with just about anything. That was preposterous. How and how how far did that go? Yeah, yeah, nobody believed it. Who believed that? Nobody believed it, but everybody pretended to believe it in the mainstream. Not even Annalena Baerbach would dare to say something that stupid. So right. that got nowhere. That got absolutely nowhere. Right. Well, you know, one, one difference between these situations is this this so-called war on terror was really a, a Zionist war on Islam or a you know, war on Islam on behalf of Israel. And the Islamic world doesn't really have a way to fight back. It's disunited. It's not in a position to have, let's say, a nuclear retaliatory capacity if you push things too far. But Russia does. So they might have to be a little more careful in setting off these kinds of false flags against Russia. Well, speaking of, of these uh, conspiratorial events and false flags past, this Uvalde shooting in 2022 was highly suspicious. Uh, they lied about everything. I mean, if you go back and compare you know, what the original story was to what it got revised to, it's not even close. And the final story is completely insane. The shooter enters school at 11.33 a.m., at 11.35, the cops follow him into the school, and pretty soon there's this huge militia. They have tons of cops of different agencies sitting there in the school, and they just wait for almost an hour and a half until 12.50 p.m. before they finally go after the shooter who's been massacring kids the whole time. <laughs> what kind of what kind of police response is that? Were they told to hold back? Yeah. Or are they just, they're just afraid to go in? They can't figure out who to blame. The story keeps changing. You know, they, they first they blame the Uvalde police chief. Turns out that there was somebody from whatever the other agency was, Texas Rangers or whatever it was, that there was some diffuse higher authority that apparently gave them a stand down order. Maybe it was Dick Cheney. I don't know. But something's really, really wrong with this whole incident. Yeah. 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 And we'll leave it there because we don't know precisely what it was. Uh, I know there are folks out there who strongly suspect MK Ultra type activity. And it wouldn't surprise me. Nothing does anymore. Well, how about the J6 uh, stuff, right? The so-called insurrection of January 6th, uh, 2021. That story is still up there. Um, They had these nonstop hearings. It was, uh, you know, the Orwellian, however many minutes of hate uh, against Trump. Uh, I mean, I don't like Trump personally, but I'm not part of the the hating mob either. And so these these hearings became a huge spectacle, relentlessly pumped by most of the mainstream media uh, with uh, Fox, certain people on Fox like Tucker Carlson being the uh, critical minded independent voices on it. And uh, finally, it ended up with the criminal referrals so after all of this these non-trials you know they're supposed to supposed to be criminal trials for this sort of thing maybe there will be but this wasn't a criminal trial this was a hearing and so there was no uh none of these procedural safeguards that would happen in a criminal trial as uh we we hear this was a piece from i forget somebody at the uns review talking about ray apps the pipe somebody had been planning a pipe bomb that uh, that story just disappeared. Police opening the doors for the people to get them into the Capitol. Uh, secret security camera footage never released. And uh, all of that was kind of brushed aside. And now we end up with these criminal referrals uh, for Trump. So, Mike, do you think they're going to succeed in preventing Trump from running again? Are they going to imprison him? Uh, where is this all going to go? I don't I don't see it happening. He's evaded so many try, uh, attempts to get to get rid of him. Uh missing from this is the uh the, there was a, a woman murdered uh in that 
shot by someone and no one no one seems to know what happened there no no trial no prosecution whatsoever why didn't why wasn't something prosecuted here it's completely phony operation created uh through the creation of a category of the mind known as insurrection that's not what it was it was people who came there and thought they were demonstrating there's all kinds of evidence that the uh the FBI or whoever it was that they were involved, but, but there were people inviting the people to come in and then they come down. It was purely a function of a well, democratic. There, 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 were some, there were some people who attacked police and broke things and they should be charged for those crimes. But a lot of the people they charged looks like all they ever did was sort of walk through open doors into the Capitol. And it looks as if they were, they were encouraged to enter the place, which leads me to believe it was a false flag operation. Everyone was expecting the opposite. I remember Everyone was expecting a kind of Black Lives Matter type of insurrection where they're going to be burning down the city. It turned out to be the exact opposite. And it was rehearsed in Michigan. Nobody, Nobody's talking about this. They had a, a dress rehearsal for this thing in Michigan where they basically the Michigan militia type showed up in Lansing. They occupied the building. And then the FBI guy who was in charge of Michigan then suddenly got moved to Washington. They recreated what oh, happened you know, in just today. Just today, the news story came that they they uh, sentenced one of those Michigan guys who was uh, convicted of conspiring to try to kidnap uh, the governor uh, to twenty years. And this is in a it, it had already been proven that that whole thing was a concoction of these FBI provocateurs, and yet they sent somebody to prison for twenty years for uh, yeah. falling for the FBI's own plot. But not not only that, that there was a new development there because the FBI was bringing dope. They were they were supplying these guys with dope. Well, you get the guy intoxicated with dope and he says some type of crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes the evidence. This is crazy. So the FBI they, gives the guy the drug, gets him really high and says, hey, man, you want to kidnap the governor? He turns on his microphone. And <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. I don't know how any court could do this. They, they tried this before with a group called the Hoodery. Uh, and it turns out these were five guys from a a trailer park with one twenty-two rifle and three bullets until the FBI showed up and brought some really heavy weapons. And that thing was thrown out as entrapment within minutes. That It didn't last minutes in Michigan. So why this didn't happen with this other ridiculous plot that had FBI written all over it, I don't know. I don't understand this. Well, well part of the reason, though, as, as we see uh, in the slide, there's actually a you know, reason for that is that this is not a trial. This is a, a show trial in the form of congressional hearing or congressional inquiry. So they don't have any procedural safeguards. So there's no defense attorney for Trump who can say, bring Ray Epps in. We're going to subpoena Ray Epps and, and get it, compel him to testify. And, you know, these these other suspected FBI provocateurs who were part of this. So maybe there will be trials, but maybe there won't be precisely because if there were actual trials, the defense could subpoena testimony from some of these dubious individuals. And that probably wouldn't be worth it. So that would be the biggest reason why this may not turn into a trial and Trump may not get charged. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. It's still 2022. Yeah. Well, this was, this was the, uh, the issue with Osama bin Laden. If you yeah, capture exactly. the guy, bring him to New York and put him on trial. Well, no, we don't want to do that because, because he's innocent. To, right. Well, because yeah. then you've got the legal proceedings and you can subpoena people and you can get to the bottom of what happened. So they killed That's him right. instead. That's right. Well, hopefully they won't do that with Trump, although you never know. Uh, how about the Zionist terror blackmail stories of 2022? Well, there were two huge ones and both of them involved a uh, a woman 
First one is a heroic woman, uh, Shireen Abu Akla. She was uh, shot down in cold blood by an Israeli Defense Forces sniper deliberately, as the Intercept found, and even the New York Times basically said the same thing. So, you know, the official press organs of the United States are on the record that the IDF deliberately murdered an American journalist, and nobody cares. Well, this precedent got set set by Obama, who, who uh, basically said you can use drones to kill American citizens. Uh, but they, that's supposed like to be them. terrorists, not like mainstream journalists. Yeah, I, I understand. But you've established the principle that you can kill people with with uh, uh, impunity here uh, if you don't like what they're saying. So whatever happens first in Israel then becomes sort of the policy over here, or uh, and maybe this is the reversal of it. But this is exactly what happened here. Okay, so you're setting a precedent here. We've already had the precedent in Saudi Arabia, right, where they killed that journalist, and that they got off. So now the Israelis are going to get off. Bad time to be a journalist. Yeah, it's probably actually easier for the Israelis to get away with it. It's obviously the American media has not held the Israelis' feet to the fire the way they held the uh, Saudis' feet for the fire to the fire after the murder of Khashoggi. Well, the other uh, female uh, story here in our category of zioterrorism and blackmail is none other than Ghislaine Maxwell, who was sentenced to 20 years in prison for sex trafficking minor girls for Jeffrey Epstein. She, like her father Robert Maxwell, the Mossad super spy, as the name of the book uh, has it, uh, were they were blackmailing powerful Americans, guys like Clinton and maybe even Trump uh, and all sorts of others for Israel. And I guess that's okay because nobody in America seems to care that their leaders are blackmailed by Israeli pedophile blackmailing spies like Ghislaine Maxwell. So there was a lot of crying and weeping and whining about poor Ghislaine Maxwell being in a really terrible prison when she was being held in New York in, in very unpleasant conditions, we were told. So uh, after she's convicted, they just moved her to this really nice low security prison in Florida, uh, where apparently she's having a, a good old time. So all's well that ends well for Ghislaine, and she'll probably be uh, uh, out of there before too long on one excuse or another. And maybe, who knows, maybe living with Jeffrey in a pet house in Tel Aviv. Uh, uh, yeah. Jeff. Jeffrey, I guess uh, the other way of looking at it is she lucky, she's lucky she didn't get murdered the way Jeffrey Epstein did. Of course, some people say he committed suicide. Of course, the tapes have been erased. I wouldn't be surprised he was exfiltrated and given a facelift. So you don't think he, you don't think he, he died there at all? Uh, you know, I'm not 100% convinced he died, no. Yeah, okay. Anything's possible. Yep. These days, it pretty much is. All right. Well, Ghislaine Maxwell, if you're watching False Flag Weekly News, and I'm sure you could because I'm sure you have Internet access and all sorts of other amenities at your luxury, uh, low security prison in Florida. And if you're if you're not too busy sunbathing and you're watching our show, just, uh, you know, give me a call sometime. I'll get you on the radio. You can tell your side of the story. All right. Yes. Moving on <laughs> to war on Iran news. Um, uh, so, Mike, you're, you're on that list of people who may be invited to the University of Shiraz in Iran, right? Yeah, I turned them down. You turned them I down. Turned okay. them down. I turned them down. I don't. I, it was just too many cities, too much, too too many cities in too short time, and mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like going. And I, I I had pneumonia when I got the invitation. I was still feeling sick, so I, I turned them down. I I'm not. I I just don't think it's the right time. Uh, my I, this would have been the 10th anniversary of my first trip to Iran. And I think that, yeah, my that was where I met you the, for the, the first time. Right. 
Right. Yeah. And my think my thinking has evolved. And when I gave there, actually, I've done this tour before. Uh, Reza Montezami took me around and we traveled all over the country. And I had a simpler message back then. It was basically sexual liberation as a form of political control. I gave that. But even then, it was tough to get across to a, an audience of undergraduates. And uh, so I, 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 I just don't see it as possible. I don't see it as possible to get this message across. Interesting. Well, you could always try to come up with another message, I suppose. Uh, that's, I, I did accept, so I'm thinking I may be uh, lecturing at universities in Iran before too long, uh, inshallah. Well, the big yes. Iran story this year was that the, uh, well, there's a regime change operation here. And they're trying to destroy Iran the way they destroyed Syria and Libya and Iraq and so on and so forth. Well, I guess they're not going in with the full military thing they did in Iraq, but it's the same idea. They're arming the Kurds like crazy, stirring up trouble in Kurdistan and bringing terrorists across the border, uh, get trying to get demonstrations going, paying people, rent, having rent-a-mobs, and then turning the rent-a-mobs into, into, into violence, and making up all kinds of outrageous lies about supposed atrocities by the Iranian government, and on and on and on. So the best single article about all of this, I thought, was uh, Mansur Atajik's piece for the Saker from Pearl Harbor Day, just uh, like three, three or four weeks ago. A really, really good article. Uh, and, you know, people, it's just amazing how most of the alternative media, as well as the mainstream media, gets this whole story about this regime regime change op in Iran wrong and goes along with this ridiculous cover story that these are just all oh, protests, poor, oppressed women who don't like their headscarves. Total nonsense. And and the, the lies on, on this issue are, if anything, even bigger than the lies about the Ukraine issue. And, and this particular article by Mansur Atajik, which then she talks about on a really nice uh, uh, podcast that just came out here on the Twice Told Tales podcast, which I really recommend. Uh, she's uh, an Iranian researcher and lecturer based in Karaj. And she spent a lot of time in the U.S. And she has a lot of really interesting stuff to say about what's really happening in Iran and how you're being lied to. Yeah. Oh, it was a CIA coup, I, I, an attempt to overthrow the government. And uh, it obviously was portrayed here as the exact opposite. If you went on, typed in uh, uh, hashtag Iranian, you got pornography until Yoel Roth uh, was kicked off. Uh, as a way of distracting you from the fact that the CIA is trying to overthrow their government. That's it's the problem here is that it's broader than that. And they're, they're going to have to come up with some type of effective way of dealing with. It. I'm dealing with the women, the women issue. And that's, that's the problem. So they, they've been promoting a form of feminism for years now. And there's a kind of internal contradiction there. The supreme leader in Khomeini in 89, Ayatollah Khomeini dies, he introduces birth control. And then, okay, now you're turning every, you got this contradiction of you're handing out birth control pills and you're making the women wear the hijab. This has to be resolved. The supreme leader said it was a mistake. He begged Allah for forgiveness, but the problem is there. And you got to resolve this problem. And you got, I'm saying you have to have a long discussion about it. And I just didn't feel I could have anything approximating a discussion like this, given the parameters of, you know, traveling to seven different cities in seven different days. Yeah, yeah. It, it is tough to get across the fine points in these kind of quick lectures, but I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Well, here's an issue that you definitely do have something to say about and you have had for a long time. 
and I'm sure you still will, uh, the end of, uh, of Roe v. Wade this year. That was one of the biggest stories of the year. And one of the best pieces on it was by none other than Dr. E. Michael Jones of Culture Wars magazine. So uh, give us your, your uh, succinct version of the historical import of the end of Roe v. Wade. Yeah, something really uh, uh, seismic happened here. The, the the Jews, 140 Jewish organizations came out after Roe versus Wade was overturned and said abortion is a fundamental Jewish value. Now, that had never happened before. Never. I mean, when when this when this was starting off in 1967, when The New York Times got behind this uh, crusade, there was a guy named Bernard Nathanson, and he was described as a gynecologist and a scientist. And there was Lawrence later, and he didn't have any ethnic identity. And then the only people that did were the Catholics because they wanted to impose their views. This has all changed. This is a, a huge change. First of all, for the Catholic Church, because they've been claiming that you can, these are our brothers in the faith, and we can talk about things together and dialogue. Well, wait a minute. It turns out that they're not. It turns out that if you're if you have a fundamental if your fundamental value is abortion, you're not worshiping Yahweh, you're worshiping Moloch. And so, if someone writes to me and says, "Oh well, uh, this this is going to the Jews are going to convince everybody to follow them." No, I think the opposite is happening. What's happening is the Jews are discrediting themselves as a religious group by coming out for the murder of babies, okay? If you are involved in abortion, if you think that's a fundamental value, you're worshiping Moloch, you're not worshiping Yahweh. And we're just starting to digest this now. We're starting to see the implications as the Jews go blindly on their way to wrecking their own game. Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess we could have talked about you know Kanye West and uh, these other kinds of stories about the way that the Jewish power issue uh, kind of emerged into the sunlight in 2022. But uh, I guess the abortion issue is related to that, and re also related is the fact that the pro-abortion attacks on the pro-life pregnancy centers got very little coverage in the mainstream. All, if you ever hear about abortion and terrorism in the mainstream, it's always the anti-abortion people who are the terrorists, but the reality isn't quite the same. It sort of makes you wonder about who's uh, who's doing the spinning here in our mainstream media. Yeah, well, if abortion is a fundamental value, if abortion is a Jewish sacrament, do you expect uh, Merrick Garland to prosecute people who blow up uh, uh, right-to-life pro-life pregnancy centers? No. As a matter of fact, uh, guess what he does? He goes after this Catholic guy in Pennsylvania uh, by the name of Halk, who has eight children. 33 FBI agents with drawn guns show up at this guy's house, drag him out in his underwear in front of his screaming children for something that could have been settled by a, converse, a, a phone call between one lawyer and another. So what's, uh, what? We, now we have a law enforcement crisis. If you have a Jew like Merrick Garland in charge of law enforcement, you're going to get what exact you're going to have demonization of pro-lifers and you're going to have uh, people uh, blowing up abortion clinics with uh, uh, private life centers with impunity. That's the crisis. Jewish law enforcement. That's the crisis in even Philadelphia. OK, you got all these Soros prosecutors, even Larry Krasner where this thing happened, this incident happened, he wouldn't prosecute this guy. He ignored the whole thing. But Merrick Garland's going to make a point. He's going to terrorize the population. And this is what you get when you have Jews in charge of law enforcement. 
Okay. So uh, these culture wars issues are not going away. Uh, the political fallout from the abortion uh, spotlighting on Roe v. Wade uh, may or may not have played a role in the midterms. That's another uh, discussion we could have. But uh, 2022 uh, was not only the year of the end of Roe, but it was also the year of the end of women. That is, it became politically incorrect to notice that there is such a thing as uh, as as women. And the film Matt Walsh or whatever, this What is a Woman film was sort of you know, grabbed the spotlight for mentioning this. But yeah, this huge debate about whether there is such a thing as men and women and of course the feminists who are all about the identity of you know with the being a woman is the whole center of their identity politics thing uh are uh, against the trans activists who don't want you to think there's any such thing as an actual woman the whole thing is getting too confusing for me how about you yeah well i said look if if uh rachel uh rachel uh levine <laughs> can not only claim that uh, he's a woman then why can't this guy uh, Santos uh, claim that he's a Jew and uh, a Holocaust survivor? Why can't you do that? <laughs> you can you be whatever you want to be. If that's the rule that the Democrats established, then why are they complaining because this guy DeSantis or Sam? I'm sorry, Santos. I don't want to confuse him with the governor. Why are they complaining about him? Doesn't he have the right to so be the a Santos, Jew? For people who haven't heard about this story, it turns out that the way you get elected in 2020 is America is that you pose as a gay Ukrainian Jewish animal rights activist descended from Holocaust survivors. Apparently it was all BS. The guy is from a Catholic background, Mike. Uh, this is quite a, a yeah. dark mark on the Catholic's uh, reputation. No, no, an, an intelligent Catholic. He understood which side his bread was buttered on and he, he went for it. So God bless him, right? You can be whatever you want to be. He was just identifying as a gay Ukrainian Jewish animal rights That's activist. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How is this any different than Rachel Levine? How is this any different? Why are so, they getting upset? Why not? What, what do you Are you telling me Rachel Levine is not a woman? <laughs> that, that's a good point. Well, I, I don't know if we can up our ratings and make piles of money by identifying as uh, false flag weekly news hosts who happen to be gay Ukrainian Jewish animal rights activists descended from Holocaust survivors and so on and so forth. But if we could, I guess I would have to think about it, but I wouldn't do it unless you... Uh, my loyal and faithful viewers stopped sending the pittance of money that keeps us doing these shows. Uh, and it, it, even, even so, I don't know if I could identify as all of those things. Um, yeah. Maybe if you, a couple if, of them. if you don't right. send, if you don't send in money, we're going to have to declare that we're Jews and demand <laughs> reparations payment from the German government. So that, that's better than the ADL scam. That's right. But the ball's in your them. court. That's okay, right. so that's the big story coming up in 2023. Kevin Barry and Dr. E. Michael Jones identify as all of these things and uh, Trump, as it were, the ADL and uh, laugh all the way to the bank. Well, we'll we'll see back in uh, 2023, 2024 where that goes. Thank you so much, Dr. E. Michael Jones. Always great talking with you. God bless. Keep up the good work. I'm sorry I'm not going to see you in Iran this time, but maybe another time, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. Okay, take care. And thanks to all of our loyal supporters and viewers. See y'all next week, God willing, uh, here at False Flag Weekly News.